live from Parts Unknown, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. Live from the Dog Track, it's Richmond with eight straight ties. How many more matches before you hit the panic button? There's two buttons I never like hitting, that's panic and snooze. I don't care what our record is. It's all about believing that everything's going to work out in the end, exactly as it's supposed to. And isn't the it is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see this crisis in the growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives and in the loss of a unity of purpose for our nation. It's GK and TK, and as Jimmy Carter says, there's a crisis in the Mets fandom, in Mets Nation, when we'll talk about that when we talk about baseball. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, our fans have demanded uh, another podcast, uh, a podcast before we do our football podcast, but there's a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Olympics, uh, baseball, soccer, or football, as our European friends say, and uh, we'll touch on the NFL uh, training camp. So let's let's start with the Olympics. So uh, TK, um, what 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 stood out to you in the Olympics? Do you have any uh, takeaways? Yeah, um, what I thought was one of the coolest uh, moments that I saw: um, the American uh, women, for only the third time ever, won a medal in the um, the uh, women's. Um, um, the women's uh, marathon. Um, they got silver. I can't remember, or silver or, or a bronze, but it was this 27-year-old, I think, from Wisconsin. It was only the third one she had ever ran. Um, she, I think she, you know, had been doing 10Ks in college, um, and she ended up getting a bronze, which I think that's a huge accomplishment because, man, that is a hard sport. Um you know, just the Kenyans and Ethiopians usually uh, dominate that sport. The U.S. struggles to get on the medal uh, chart. So that was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, the U.S. again finishes the top of the gold, top of the um, won the most gold. Um, so that's always fun to see. It seemed like they were cool victories for volleyball. Um, I was skeptical before. I didn't know if they could uh, pull it off, but despite the weirdness with COVID and all, it seemed like there were still some great athletic stories. So I'm glad to see that though. I feel bad for the city, the nation of Japan. I think they should be given a second shot and, you know, maybe 20 or 30 years um, to have a real one where there can be fans. Yeah, it's strange. It was really strange watching the Olympics with, um, very minimal fans, mostly uh, coaches and teammates in the in the stands. Um, you know, he's basketball or volleyball or skate skateboarding and track and field. Any of those sports, really, we could could have used the energy of um, of the fans in the in the stands. And yeah, you mentioned um, U.S. Uh, women um, marathon winning. Also, the shout-out to the volleyball team, the U.S. women's volleyball team, for winning the gold medal. Um, it was a really great Olympics for the, um, 
for the um, U.S. and the and the female athletes. It was it was incredible. And what did you think about the skateboarding? I watched some of that. Um, what struck me is how young some of them were. Most of them, at least in the one that I saw, were twelve or thirteen. Um, so that was sort of strange to see. I don't know. I don't know much about skateboarding, so I don't know. Maybe you peak at that age, maybe. So I really don't know, but I was shocking to, to uh, see. Um, but it was one of those sports like diving where, you know, the uh, commentators would say, oh, that was a great run. Oh, that was terrible. And I couldn't really tell. I mean, they all looked like they were doing flips and tricks. They all looked great to uh, me. You know, a great run looked the same as a bad one. So sometimes in those sports, I'm just like, I obviously am not an expert because the judges are seeing things that I'm not seeing. They all look fantastic to me. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And when they first did the um, the park uh, skateboarding, was skating down these ramps. Uh, there was a rule where if you're under eighteen. Um, you had to wear a helmet, um, but they were uh, skating on cement boards, uh, cement, and it was incredible to see the uh, you know the athletes that were 18 or over. They were just just wearing a little hat. I mean, it's it's a dangerous sport. I think both the Winter and Summer Olympics have they're trying to get more uh, fans and particularly young fans. So there is an element of like X Games, where they're adding more and more of these these risk sports to to the Olympics. Well, I read that in 2024 in Paris, break dancing is going to be a sport. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So, okay. Stay tuned. Well, and what other thing uh, on the Olympics before we get to baseball? What did you think about the uh, men's basketball? Yeah, that I thought that was great. I know there were some doubts because I think they lost their first game to France. So there was some panicking and some people, you know, questioning the coaching, questioning uh, Kevin Durant. Um, but yeah, they pulled through. They won the games they had to. Um, it always feels a little unfair to me just because the U.S. men and the uh, women are just so much more dominant, it seems, than all the um teams so it feels like a little bit like a little sad to watch because you just kind of know the outcome but um you know good for both i think they both won gold um i don't know that's like seven in a row for the uh, women and four in a row for the men so we might struggle at soccer but basketball yeah no, we dominate. i uh i like it that that the rest of the world seems to have caught up with the U.S. I remember a little bit before your time, 92, with the Dream Team, they would blow out countries by 50 or 60 points. And I personally, even though, you know, it was cool to see Magic and Bird and Jordan all on the, on the court at the same time, it really was boring, uh, you know, after the first five minutes. I think, uh, you know, with um, the elevated play of Europe, particularly, you know, France, Italy, um, um, Slovenia, Serbia, all these countries, it, you know, it's made made it exciting. Um, you yeah. Know, the, the finals with, with France, you know, was a was a close game and it came came down to the end and the U.S. hit some, some clutch shots and some clutch free throws. It's much more entertaining. 
Yeah, I definitely wonder because it seems like some years the U.S. doesn't send their best star. So I wonder if it's going to be harder for the U.S. to keep uh, winning gold if they don't send their best stars. You know, the gap really is uh, closing. And like you said, great for the sport. I mean, we're seeing so many players now from all over from all uh, over the world and the NBA. So just definitely a, a global game now. And kudos to Kevin Durant. I believe this was his fourth Olympics, and he was the reason. He was the difference. Yeah, for sure. So we're in the dog days of summer for baseball. Uh, so, uh, TK, do you have any uh, thoughts on on what you've seen so far, and and what's to lay ahead in the, the pennant races? Yeah, I still have my money. My uh, not real, but, you know, my uh, figurative uh, money on the Dodgers catching the Giants. Um, they obviously made some huge moves before the trade deadline. Um, I think it, they're staying within two or three games, um, so I expect them to make a final push in that division. Um, yeah, the Astros, I kind of wrote them off to start the year. They've proven me wrong. They seem to well, like they'll probably have the best uh, record in the uh, AL. The Yankees, I don't know. Do you think there's enough time? Do you think they oh, could I do. Yeah, make a final push? It seems like they're finally starting to kick it in the high gear. Yeah, they're only two get two two back of the Red Sox now. The Rays of the Red Sox have hit a lull. They've lost their uh, last um, eight out of ten. Meanwhile, the Rays and both. The Rays and the Yankees have won eight out of ten. So the Rays have a four-game lead over the Red Sox and six over the Yankees. And the Blue Jays are eight back. So that's four four quality teams in wow. the in the AL. And then and the Rays, you know, went to the World Series last year. But I wouldn't count out the uh, Yanks. I think all year it seems like there's been injuries. They've just been in slumps, but they might be peaking at just the right time. Yeah, they recently had another injury in Labor Torres, but uh, they've got they've got so much depth that I, I really do think that they're going to make you know make a push and, and get into the playoffs. Whether they catch the Rays, I'm not sure, but I, I do think that they'll be a wild card team. And, and the A's are only two games back of the um, the Astros. Wow. So I, you can't count out the A's. I think the American League has has been, um, you know, all three divisions have, have been competitive and has some quality yeah. teams. Whereas you mentioned the National League, um, you know, it's really the NL West where you have you have the the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres, and the NL East has been lame, and and and. and the Mets are just a complete mess. I am just, I am just so bitterly disappointed in them. Um, you know how much, how much money that they've they've spent uh, on on talent, and I really blame blame the players. And what really frustrates me as the Mets fan is that the owner, the manager, and the players are saying, "Don't worry." You believe in us. Meanwhile, they're they're third worst in in runs scored. They they you know they're not hit, hitting uh, for home runs. It's been thirty five years since we've won a World Series, and they're asking us 
They're putting they're putting the onus on the season on us, the fans. No, I'm sorry, it's you, the players. They're a bunch of chokers. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the Mets are either a scrappy, un, you know, miracle story, maybe once every ten years, and then the other nine of those ten years, it seems like it's disappointment and heartbreak. Um, yeah, I told you to. You know, they're still in first place. I remember telling you that, obviously. It's been a rough stretch for the Mets. Um, were they swept by the Phillies, or did they win? They were swept. Yep. They were swept, yeah. So, obviously, when you're in a tight division race with an opponent, to be swept by that opponent is not ideal for your chances. Um, yeah, and the Phillies are starting to look good, too. So, um yeah, I don't have a lot of words of optimism for the Mets right is... now. Though I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Though I will say you never know. It's still a close division. Still anything could happen. But if I was a betting man, I, yeah, I don't know if I would put my figurative dollars on the Mets right now. I will tell you one Mets fan who's who's had a good year. And that is Jennifer Lopez for two reasons. One, she didn't get saddled and buying the Mets and having this arbitrage of a albatross of a baseball team hanging on her head by buying them. And the other thing is she got rid of A-Rod. So I think if any Met fan has been successful this year, it would have to be to uh, Miss J-Lo. And she ended up with Ben. So. so I still will say, and yes, I agree on the J-Lo. I still believe the Mets have a good uh, owner who is willing to spend money on the team. So I do think the future looks brighter for them than it did maybe this time last year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's uh, it's better than than it was with the Wilpons. So preseason, who did, who did you pick? You, would in you, the East? It, no, to to win the World Series. Did you pick the Dodgers? Uh, I think yes. I do think I picked the Dodgers. I think we both picked the Dodgers. I picked the Dodgers over the Yanks, so I'll I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with the Dodgers. I may, yeah. Though it sure would be fun if there was a Dodgers Astros part two. That would be a little delicious. Dodgers, Dodgers, Yankees, Dodgers, uh, Astros. I even think a Dodgers Red Sox would be fun, but I don't think <clears throat> I don't think the Red Sox would get there. The Rays, I'm still not. I think the Rays. They have the playoff. Ex- they have some experience in the <laughs> rematch of last year. Yeah. yeah, like you said, the AL is wide open. Wide open. So your uh, one of our favorite leagues is 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 you know this this weekend kick. A big kickoff with the uh, EPL, the English Premier League. Um, how does how does uh, the lads of Tottenham look? Well, there's a lot of questions surrounding the lads. Um, there have been some good moves this uh, off uh, season. They signed Youngman Son, um, who's a brilliant player, to a long term contract. Um, they signed a defender um, from Argentina that should really help their defense. But of course, the question that's loomed is the Harry Kane conundrum. Um, it's been a rumor all summer 
that Manchester City is pursuing him. Tottenham says they're not selling, but Manchester City seems to think that they can provide a big enough sum of money, probably north of 160 million pounds, to get Kane. Um, Kane made his intentions clear that he's 27, he's never won a trophy, he doesn't feel like Tottenham is putting him in the position he needs to play in the uh, Champions League to win the EPL. So it seems like he wants to leave, but of course he's in a contract. So really Tottenham holds all the power. So there's been kind of this slow moving cat and mouse game. It seems like he's going to still be on the team when the season starts this week, but who knows really at this point if he'll still be on the team in the next two or three weeks. So that's kind of been the cloud hanging over. Do you think they they would have to sell him early in order to then turn around and get like a Danny Ings from uh, Southampton Saints or have enough time then once they sell him to turn around and and, um, get a striker? Yeah, I think it will have to be the next two or three weeks. It seems like they've looked at a couple of options from Italy, from Spain, Ings, from Southampton, um, but it's really also up in up in the air. Like I really could not tell you, and you know, I've been reading the sources, following, and right now it really feels like a coin flip whether he stays or goes. Um, the next two or three weeks are huge, but besides Kane, I think there is some optimism for the team. They have a new. Um, they have a new head head uh, coach. Um, I think they signed some good players, but um, so I do think they can push and compete for a top four spot. But it will be fascinating to see how the Kane uh, situation unfolds. I obviously don't want Kane to leave, though. I do get he wants to win a trophy. You know, it would be probably like you as a Mets fan if you had this beloved player who had played for the Mets for ten years and done great things but at a certain point he says you know i really want a chance to win the world series you'd be sad to see him go but you'd probably say yeah if you want to fulfill that dream it's not going to be on the mets um i think a lot of Tottenham fans feel this the uh, same way um but you know it's a new season so you have to be optimistic so i think Tottenham will finish fourth this year and we and re-qualify for the uh, champions league the big question is, can anyone catch Manchester City, the evil empire? Um, seems like Chelsea has the best shot of anyone. Maybe may Man U, but man, City's a machine. So with, with Tottenham, and I've seen a lot of the pronosticators picking them in the, the top four or five. Do you think with, with uh, you know, the sale of Harry Kane to Manchester City and with all that money, do you think they would be better off using, allocating those funds to several different players? Versus, yeah, it's a versus tough... just one, just the one, the one phenomenal best player in England. It's a tough question because he scores so many goals. Though, of course, right now I think the team is designed to help him score so um, all those goals. I think Saul is a great player. They could build a around. Um, what really gives me optimism is they hired an Italian soccer 
kind of a president to oversee these uh, transactions before it was the uh, before it was their uh, chairman Dan uh, Levy, who was it was sort of like a Jerry Jones type deal where you had this owner who was also dealing with the player side and being a, a GM. Um, so I think a lot of fans are glad now they have a more kind of a professional person in the front uh, office. Um, so I feel good about the, the, the team. Really at this point, the saga has dragged on for so long that I feel like if Harry Kane doesn't want to be there, if he doesn't want to be there for the long term, then it's probably best for all parties for him to just go. And then Tottenham can try to use that money and rebuild the squad around new players. Yep, I agree. And um, good luck to the Hotspurs this year. One other um, thought in European soccer is um, I know AFC Richmond um, manage, manager is Ted Lasso, and, and they're in the Champions League. And, and they've started out slow, eight, eight ties in a row. But I have confidence that they will, they will pick it up and, and start playing better. Excellent. Go Greyhounds. So we have started NFL training, training camp, and we've got a lot, lot going on. Probably the biggest news of last week was Josh Allen's mega contract, which was was pretty darn close um, to being the um, top top contract and almost almost getting paid as much as Mahomes. Which should have a ripple effect because uh, Baker Mayfield um, is coming up. Um, he hasn't been signed yet, um, so it's just going to be a ripple effect on on quarterbacks. But having the Bills paid Josh Allen that amount amount of money, um, you know, begs the question: Do we think that Josh Allen, you know, is now? Um, rightfully considered one of the top three quarterbacks as he's being paid in the NFL, or was last year just uh, you know a peak year for him and uh, maybe overachieved? I personally think that Josh Allen is an elite quarterback, and I I expect the Bills in the next few years to win a Super Bowl. They had some oh. issues on defense that they they tried to approve. Uh, Improving free agency and in the draft and listeners in a couple of weeks when we do our um, picks you'll you'll be able to see if if I, I pick the Bills to uh, get to the Super Bowl and of course if I pick the Bills to get to the Super Bowl you need to bet against the Bills to get to the Super Bowl but anyways very high on the Bills very high on Josh Allen uh, what did you what were your thoughts on that forty three million dollar a year contract. Well, is he worth that today? I'm not sure. Um, but I think, you know, there are some things in life you don't skimp on. I kind of think of it like shoes. Um, how I believe in life you shouldn't skimp on shoes. You know, there's something you wear every day, and it's just hard to move through life with bad shoes. You're just always going to feel bad, and things are going to be just more difficult. So, Go ahead and buy the $120 pairs of shoes versus the $20 pairs of shoes. And I think that quarterbacks are the same way. Um, it's hard to win the Super Bowl or even be competitive in the NFL 
if you don't have an elite uh, quarterback, and if you are lucky enough to draft one that you might feel is a once in a generation talent, that you can't be skimpy. Because, like I said, I mean, what the Bills, it's been 30, 40 years since they've been to a, a Super Bowl. This is the first time in decades where there's hope. They have some momentum, they have a real shot. You pay. If you think he's the real deal, which I think a lot of people do, I think a lot of Bills fans do, even if you feel like it's more money than you want to pay, you pay the money because quarterbacks can be hard to come by. And like I said, I just don't think you can win a Super Bowl in the modern day NFL without an elite quarterback. So I think they had to do it. Yeah, it's the modern economics. You, you need that uh, that quarterback. Um, they were fortunate the last two years that he was on a rookie deal. Um, so this year, you know, he's, he's paid that money. But over the next couple of years, um, because he's, he's going to be taking up a large part of the salary cap, they might not be able to, to uh, keep everyone. So it gets a little more complicated when a quarterback gets on a second contract. But you have to have, have one of these guys. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, another big um, takeaway from training camp was Carson Wentz's hurt, which should help the Seahawks for, for week one. Hate to see anyone get hurt. Um, like to see teams at full strength. But um, the Seahawks going to Indy, they'll definitely um, have an advantage without facing Wentz. And believe it or not, Sam – Ellinger, um, quarterback from the Longhorns, rookie, is in a competition with uh, Eason, a second-year uh, quarterback from Washington, and he could be the starting day quarterback um, week one against the Seahawks. And I think wow. if that's the matchup, I think um, Ken Norton Jr. and um, Ben Pete would would dial it up. The Seahawks. Um, should have a pretty fierce pass rush uh, this season. Yeah, that would yeah, that would certainly help the Hawks. And then the, uh, one more quarterback um, news is is uh, Deshaun Watson has been in camp uh, with the Texans um, because he doesn't want to pay that fine, but uh, gamblers apparently think that he is going to be he is going to be traded. So that's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. And I've read some pronostication that, that people think eventually he will end up with the Saints. Yeah. Um, I will just say I would hate to be on the social media team for whatever team trades for him because I think there's going to be a big backlash wherever he, he goes. Um, I think – you know, the NFL, obviously, I think, pays a lot of lip service to, you know, take, you know, to being proactive on issues like assaults and things like this. And I think that this is a time to show that, you know, what he's accused of has zero uh, tall, has zero, uh, you know, there's zero acceptance in the uh, NFL. Um, you know, the Texans are in a tough position. Um, but yeah, I have a hard time seeing him, uh, moving past this, but 
you know, you never know. Maybe there's a team that's willing to take the risk. Um, but I certainly think the NFL um, should make it clear that kind of behavior is not accepted. Yeah, I, I agree. It'll be interesting to see how, how it plays out with his, with his legal and, and um, his legal challenges and also the, the civil challenges. Uh, the Texans certainly missed the boat. They could have traded him before the draft um, to uh, the 49ers, the Jets, or some team and, and had an opportunity to get multiple draft picks and, and get one of these young quarterbacks in the draft. Um, so, and, and then after the draft came, came all these reports uh, um, um, about his, his misconduct. Um, um, I don't know enough to, to make a comment on those, but certainly the Texans missed the boat where they, they could, have, could have traded him before all this happens. And now they would be trading trading low, and they definitely won't be getting wouldn't be getting as many draft picks as as they could have. Sure. Which, uh, so I I heard um, or I read that the teams there's three teams that um, that the that the bookmakers are forecasting will have the number one pick next year. Uh, they are the Texans, the Lions, and the Jets. And you ask wow. yourself, what, what, what uh, do those three teams have in common? And it, the answer is horrible ownership. You have the McNairs owning the Texans, the Lions are owned by the Fords, and the Jets are owned by the Johnsons. And all three have shown themselves to be um, horrible owner ownership. So I just want to thank, um, you know, the late great Paul Allen and Joni Allen for their ownership of the Seahawks. And, you know, look at the Patriots with Robert Kraft. It's, it's all, it's all about, um, you have to have a good owner. It has to ownership. It has to come from the top. Yeah, man, the lions. Oh my gosh. It's been what 50 or 60 years of misery or I commend fans of the uh, Lions, because I don't know how year after year you can stand to watch that team, because it just seems like they're not, there have been maybe a couple years in the Stafford era, maybe a couple yeah, years they didn't even in the win a playoff in the, in the Stafford era. I think uh, the last playoff game they won, I think they've only won one playoff game. It was, was back like in 91, I want to say. Um, Wow. Over the the Super Bowl era, so over the last fifty six years, it's just it's I I I hear you. I I feel I feel very sorry for the Lions fans, and now that they now with Jared Goff as their as their quarterback, um, I think the Lions are are going to own the number one draft pick this year. Well, there's always hope. There's, Maybe with that number one pick, they'll finally set the franchise in the right direction. All right. So, and oh, uh, listeners, by the way, um, I will be at uh, Seahawks training camp on Thursday, hoping to get some some interviews with coaches and players. So for our our preview, um, NFL preview podcast, so hope, hopefully we can um, play some of those interviews. All right. That would be awesome. All right. So, um, TK, anything else on football? 
Yeah, just like you said, I'm excited of our famous annual KNA pre-season uh, picks. So I'll be doing my uh, research and getting those picks uh, ready for the next podcast. All right. So we do have several listener questions. Um, these are great, great questions. Um, the first one is from Bobby Flay in New York City. He says that he's a big fan of the show. Um, he's also a Mets fan, and he's he's a foodie. And he wants to know, what are our Mount Rushmore of food? Yeah, that's, that is an excellent question. Um, obviously, I think this will be on both of ours, but pizza has to be on there. A good slice of New York-style pizza, um, for me at least, is on there. Probably a cheeseburger with ketchup is on there, too. Um, That's just a classic, great go-to meal. It can be with either fries or tots, but that's a great one. Um, For my third, maybe I'd have to do salmon. Um, I think there are a lot of great ways to prepare salmon, but I think just salmon is a versatile fish that is just always great and hits the spot. And then maybe pasta, good Italian pasta um, with like a, um, a a tomato sauce. I think that can be hard to beat. Nice. Um, I also had pizza and, and burgers on my Mount Rushmore. Nice. Um, my other two is steak. Uh, I love me a steak. Uh, and uh, my fourth. Is I, I struggle with the fourth. I mean, there's there's so many many goods. I was tempted to go with uh, dessert, but I ended up going with a French baguette. You know that oh, uh, wow. you know it's crunchy. The the crust is crunchy. The soft is, is, is the middle is, is soft, and you get a nice um, melted butter. Um, yeah. So definitely. yeah, shout out to 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 the French um, for the Olympics and. Um, 2024 and yeah the french french baguette is is uh my fourth on mount rushmore awesome yeah i would support all those choices yeah and i i like the the salmon i think that would go nice with the french baguette um okay so our next question is from Stu and and carrollton he's a big fan of the show he's also our uh, conduit to all things that are happening, Cowboys and St. Louis Cardinals. And he wanted to know what our thoughts are on, you know, what sport could be introduced to the Olympics that would um, capture some attention of, of Americans, to get Americans more pumped up about, about the Olympics. Yeah, that's a great question, Stu. Um, I think we have two answers. There's one I think that would get people pumped up and one I'd most like to see. The first is just plain old football. I mean, if you thought the U.S. dominated (laughs) basketball, could you imagine if American football was in the games and all the best NFL players played? I mean, I think there'd be like, a hundred to nothing games. You might see that game. What was it with Papa Warner where there's like a 200 to 42 to three game? Um, you know, that's our favorite sport. Yeah. You could so. probably have a high school team that, 
that uh, maybe you know some small school and six man football team in Texas could probably win. It. <laughs> but the sport I would personally most like to see that would get me excited. Maybe this might not get everyone excited, but it get me is chess. I All think right. chess is an exciting, great sport. I think it had more popularity, it seemed like, in the 60s and 70s with Fisher. Some people seem to follow along. At Queen's Gambit, there's kind of been this renewed hey, attention to chess. But, you know, you never hear, I'm sure there's international tournaments, but you never hear hey, about them. But how fun would it be, the Olympics, especially if it's in France, I think a great chess uh, place. Um, to have the world's best chess players in a, a tournament with the whole world uh, watching, I think it would be a lot of fun, and I would definitely love to watch chess. I think that'd be fascinating. Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm a big fan of chess, and you know, if it if chess caught on, there I read a, a an article um, several years ago about um, uh, there's chess boxing tournaments, so. It's, you start off with a game of chess, and then then you do a couple minutes of boxing. Then you play chess, and oh, you wow. do a couple minutes of boxing, and you end up with with uh, chess. So the second the second game in chess after after the competitors have been boxing, they're all tired and they're maybe they've been hit in the head, so they're not they're not thinking as straight. Um, yeah, that would be fascinating. That would be a lot of fun. So I, I like I like to I definitely like to just start off with with chess, um, and then you can figure out whether chess boxing would would work. And so I was thinking about you know demolition derby. I mean that was a, oh, wow. that was a sport that you used to see on Wide World of Sports back in the seventies and eighties. And and um, yeah, I mean we're going to these X Games where competitors are crashing. So why not cars crashing? Yeah. That would be awesome. So okay, so fans, um, you know, let's let's push for chess, and um, we'll push for demolition derby. I'm in. Okay, our next um, question is from Al Pacino. He's also from New York City. He's a Yankee fan and not a Mets fan. But he wanted to know what movie would be greatly improved it was made into a musical. Yeah, so I would go actually with Star Wars with the condition. Do you remember Bill Murray's famous Star Wars from oh, SNL? Oh, yes. yes that I Bill do. Murray writes all the music for the new Star Wars film. I think that would be awesome. And, you know, I think the franchise, it's gotten a little stale, kind of boring. It's been uh, Disney-fied. So why not bring in Bill Murray to make a Star Wars uh, musical? I like it. I like it. And, and I bet we could talk Bill Murray into it. Yeah, well, if he is uh, listening to the podcast right now, who knows where to contact us? <laughs> you hear that, Bill? Go Cubs. Um, so I struggled with this one. So I was looking at several movies like Rocky, and there were several others that, you know, I Googled it and I found out, oh, it's already a musical. I'm like, there's a musical Rocky? So I really struggled with this. So one movie that um, 
you know, I think it was an important movie, but I was kind of falling asleep in. But I think if it was a musical, it would it would bring it to life. And that was The Inconvenient Truth by Mr. Al Gore. Ah. But I think if you make that a musical, global warming is coming your way. You better duck. You better duck. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, you could you could do an intro, you know, maybe Al Gore could come out and do a little intro and then um, you know, you could you could really turn it into a musical. I'm not sure if a sardonic musical or, or a real theatrical musical, but I think that would capture more people's more people's uh, attention and maybe bring yeah. bring more people around to the issues of of uh, global warming. For sure. Because I don't well, I think hope, I was the only one that was asleep that was watching that movie. Well, I hope that that gets made. Yes. So, Al Gore, if you're listening, uh, we have a lot of lot of great ideas. We should we should consider Hollywood next. Okay. So this one is this uh, our last question is from an Egyptian god named Ra. And they want to know, in the past, people were buried with items that they would need in the afterlife. What would you want to be buried with so you could use it in the afterlife? Yeah, that's a great question, Ra. Um, I think, obviously, you know, some sort of coffee uh, maker would be huge. You know, I don't want to go through the whole afterlife and each morning not have the ability to brew a cup of joe. So. That's Maybe so I'd funny. I had that on my list. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, great minds think alike. So maybe, yeah, French press. Um, I don't know. Maybe I assume if I'm in the afterlife, maybe heaven has great wine. So maybe I want to bring a corkscrew because you'd hate, you know, to have a great celestial blend of wine and not be able to pop the cork. Um Besides that, you know, maybe a good bed. Um, I would hate to go through the afterlife, you know, sleeping on the floor or sleeping on a bad bed. So maybe a good pillow, good bed. Um, I think with those things, I'd be pretty well set. I like it. Um, yeah, the, the bed part is a really good, you know, really good thought because who knows in heaven where, where you're going to be sleeping on. I'm assuming a pillow, but I mean a, a cloud, but a cloud is so light. Um, so a bed would definitely um, be good for your back. Um, so, yeah, I also thought about, you know, bringing, bringing some coffee because I wasn't sure what the quality of the coffee was in heaven. And I also wanted to be buried with um, some my glasses because I'm not sure if I get to heaven, um, if I make it there. You know, will my eyesight be like it was um, in my 20s before I needed glasses? So just in case my eyesight uh, wasn't re restored. Yeah, that's a great and, point. And then the, the final thing that I had was, you know, I'm not 100% sure that, that I would get to heaven. So just in case I go to the other place, the place that's really hot, you know, the place down below, I thought that since it's really hot, um, I'd also like a fan and yeah. and electrolytes. Yeah, both that's excellent points because you know, it's already been hot here. Um the electrolyte tablets really help you. So 
think that is a great idea. Always good to have, you know, a, a safety net. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Um, so, Ra, um, you know, write us in if, if you know, you you know, based on your experiences, if, if we missed anything that's really important. So, TK, this has been a pleasure. Um, do you have any any parting shots, thoughts on, on the sports world um, this last last month or two or, or coming up? Yeah, well, I'm really excited for NFL Picks podcast. Um, the NFL season, the EPL season are about to uh, get uh, started. So really fun time to be a sports fan. Thank you to, um, you know, all the uh, people who send in uh, questions. They always make me think, always challenge me. So I hope they continue to send those questions in because we love our, um, we love our uh, listener uh, questions. Yep. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure to look forward to uh, talking to you in a few weeks.